Since you've been diagnosed with breast cancer, have you looked at yourself in the mirror and said, why did this happen to me? Well, you're not alone. I did too. But this is a time when you're given two choices. One, you let those four nasty words that you've been told, you have breast cancer, stop us from living. Or two, we can take what we've been given to us and use it as fuel on our path to healing, growth, self-discovery, and to bring out the best of us and become the hero of our journey while we get to inspire others to do the same. Join my inspiring guests and me on our mission to help women just like you with what we discovered on our hero's journey through breast cancer. This is a place where we share all the tools and knowledge we've learned to develop the courage, resilience, mindset and self-love needed to start living your full life like you might never have done before. I am Grace DeAngeli and I welcome you to Breast Cancer Hero's Journey Podcast. Welcome home. Welcome everyone. Welcome to today's podcast. I am super excited to be interviewing this amazing person. She's coming to us from Chicago. Her name is Anna Leonarda. Now, Anna is a nine-year breast cancer survivor, and already that is amazing. Um, uh, who's, you know, to due to the development of, you know, the dysfunction, so sexual dysfunction with intercourse and we've always talked about this um, most of us have spoken about how intercourse they you know a lot of women who've gone through their breast cancer or any of cancer they find it really hard to get intimate again um, so after her divorce she realized she found a traditional dating app to be t- too intimidating so and I thought that was quite interesting how you said that because it's very much you know um, in you know, it's very confronting for a lot of women. So she knew she wasn't alone. So she took action to find a solution for those with sexual limitations. Having said all this, welcome, Anna. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. That's all. You're more than welcome. Now, Anna, first of all, I want to congratulate you on nine years breast cancer survivor. Like I said, anyone from two days to 25 years or 40 years for me is great. Um, I'm a breast cancer survivor of three years now, so I I take my hat off and I love speaking to people who have come through, not because you've come through, uh, you've survived breast cancer, it's what you've done, it's the process, the whole journey. So I, I just want you to share with us basically your whole journey and what made you come to this, um, you know, this decision to make this app or to look at this app. Great. So when I was younger, I had endometriosis and with endometriosis, it can cause painful intercourse. So I kind of dealt with that all my life and then it got worse. It, uh, the I, intercourse became impossible and I developed a condition called vaginismus. And what vaginismus is, is where the internal uh, opening of the muscles of the vagina were involuntarily spasming. And I didn't know what was going on. I felt like my, when I was with my husband at the time, I felt like like was hitting a wall or something. So I ended up going to the doctor and she said that I had something called vaginismus. And uh, I didn't really understand what was going on. And I, I've always, always dealt with the painful intercourse and 
I just thought it was normal. I mean, I thought, well, this is just how I'm going to be. But when it got to the point where I couldn't even insert a tampon and intercourse was impossible, uh, they told me about the vaginismus and how I had to go through uh, physical therapy and use dilators and everything and uh, to to stretch out the opening. And I and I just it was it's a, it was a strong a long long process for that. So I started trying to do the therapy, and then I found a lump in the shower on my breast, and then I ended up getting diagnosed with breast cancer. I was 36 years old at the time. I ended up having uh, three tumors on my left breast, and it I had to have a total of six surgeries, including a double mastectomy, a deep flap surgery for reconstruction, chemotherapy, and I also ended up having a hysterectomy. So with the hysterectomy and being forced into menopause at such a young age, the intercourse was even worse. I mean, the vaginal dryness and the pain. And uh, and I, I, the last thing I wanted to do was use my dilators. But what happened was I, I ended up getting a divorce about three years ago. And I thought, what am I going to do now that I'm single? And how am I going to go on a, in a dating app and find out, you know, tell a guy that I'm dating Hey, I have vaginismus. I don't want, I can't have intercourse. It's too painful. I, I enjoy other types of intimacy. It's just, I can't have intercourse. And I thought, you know, how am I going to tell guys that, that there's, I'm going to get rejected. I'm going to be embarrassed, cheated on who knows what. And then I thought, you know, it's just easier to stay single. And I thought, then I thought, wait a minute, this isn't right. I went through all this for a reason, this breast cancer, endometriosis, vaginismus, and I needed to do more. I needed to help people. And, and I started thinking about, men that have sexual dysfunction, erectile dysfunction. And I realized that it's a, it's a big problem. Like in the U S alone, there's 30 million men that have ED and worldwide it's about, uh, they're expected to be about 320 million men with ED. And, uh, and I thought, well, how do they date? How do they find companionship without being rejected or embarrassed? Because I mean, imagine that pressure that they would have to go on a date and then wonder when should I tell this this person I'm dating that I can't you know that I have ED, and and I thought well how do we bring these people together, people like myself who can't have intercourse and don't prefer not to have intercourse with individuals like that have ED, so I thought well I need to do something about this to help these people and I created a dating app that takes sexual expectations out of dating. And it's called Entwine. It went live the end of August. And I'm just super excited about it because it's it's much needed. And and individuals like myself that have these limitations, they deserve to be loved too. So I'm taking care of that and hoping that it uh, brings a lot of successful stories and about love. And it, it, I'm super excited about it. Yeah, no, and I'm super excited for you because this is really brilliant. Thank you for sharing that so far. I just actually just wrote down some notes here because um, I just wanted to go back um, and you were saying that you were having pain with um, sexual intercourse and things like that. Um, was Did you find that um, through time it was starting to get more and more hurtful or was it from pretty much the time that you lost your virginity, that was always painful. Yeah, it was, it was actually before I even became sexually active, the, the use of tampons was painful. And I thought, right. Oh. And then I never said anything to anybody because I thought, well, I guess that's, that's the way it's supposed to be, right? Mm. Putting, even inserting and removing it was just like, why does it hurt so bad? But I'm like, well, 
you know, you don't talk to your girlfriends about that. I mean, now I talk to everybody about everything, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I walk around and tell everybody I have a broken vagina and they're just looking like I'm crazy. <laughs> until I <laughs> so, I think it's actually active is, you know, they're like, well, yeah. the first time, second time is going to hurt. And then I'm like, well, the third time hurt, the fourth time hurt. And I'm like, wait a minute. Mm. So, so then I realized I had endometriosis and then they, I had a couple of surgeries for that. Uh, thankfully, I was able to conceive two children. So I have a 19 year old son and a 14 year old daughter. And so I was very lucky with that being able to conceive. And uh, so, you know, over time, I asked the doctor, I'm like, how do I, how did I get vaginismus? How did my vagina broke? How did it break? Mm. And, uh, mm. and they said that the way they described it is, is if somebody would go up to you and punch you in the stomach, every time they saw you, they would punch you in the stomach. Eventually when their fist approached you, you would back up and you would flinch. And that's what my vaginal muscles are doing. There's, it's just a natural reaction. It's the anticipation of having pain. It just, my body's natural reaction is just to spasm and just not allow anything internally. Mm. And, uh, and I thought, you know, I heard from a lot of people that are just like, well, it's probably, it's all in your head. You know, even before I got diagnosed with the vaginismus, I would tell the doctor, you know, I have, it's painful for intercourse. It's not pleasurable because it hurts all the time. And, and they're like, well, just have a glass of wine, just relax. You'll be okay. You know, or my girlfriends will be like, well, you were probably with the wrong guy. And I'm like, well, I'm, you know, I married my eighth grade person. I met my ex-husband when I was in eighth grade. So I was only with one man all my life. And uh, so, but still like everybody just kind of like blew me off, especially the doctors, mm -hmm. which I was surprised about it. But, um, and I, I realized that's a common response was have a glass of wine, just relax. You're, you're too nervous or whatever it is. But, um, but even like, for an example, uh, when I was under anesthesia to remove my, to have a vaginal hysterectomy, my, I was under anesthesia and my gynecologist has, has said that she couldn't even get instruments in me. She said I was, you know, unconscious or, you know, under sedation and, uh, and everything was just spasming. So it's not all mental. It's, it's both, but, mm. uh, yeah, it's, it's, I've always dealt with it. And then, you know, because of all the pain, I ended up, you know, the, my libido diminished, but then with the chemo mm. and the being forced into menopause, it just exacerbated everything. So, and that's why, I mean, the treatment of using the dilators was, uh, pretty uncomfortable. So I thought, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to fix it anymore. I just want to leave it alone. And it is curable. There's people that do have it, that they do seek treatment and they, have success. It's just, I chose not to, to, to do it anymore. I just rather just avoid it. Yeah. And, and just going with that too, because you said like a, a lot of women who go through, I mean, like you said, you had, you had a double mastectomy. Am I right? Correct. You said, yes. Right. So you've had a double mastectomy. You've had a hysterectomy. And the thing is too, you know, yourself, myself, we know how the woman's body works. It needs different things to function, the hormones and estrogens and everything like that. It creates what we do. So when you actually take away, especially when you have a hysterectomy, you take away that and then you're like, yeah, you're going into an early menopause, which you should be getting at the age of 50, 60, whatever it is, you know. Um uh, so what happens is I, I, you know, speaking to other women, um, they say that, you know, I mean, yours started before that and I understand, but I, I really wanted to touch on this base and wanted the listeners to realise that it's not just about having the 
the you know this happened to you earlier on in the journey but a lot of women that I spoke to uh, don't feel like having sex because it's uncomfortable it hurts uh, it's a lot drier mm-hmm. um, they don't want to be lubing up all the time you know what I mean um, you know they try different things they try uh, you know having sex toys and things like that to help in their partnership and things um, but you know it's like that you know, and I did, you know, for a while I was like that. I was a little bit, it's quite interesting because um, when I when I had the breast cancer, um, I felt really reserved, not reserved that I didn't want to give my husband, you know, have, have sex with my husband and pleasure and things like that, but I felt scared. And what was happening there is I was like, oh, this, is, this isn't going to work. To the point, and, I, and I'm speaking honestly and freely as well, is because to the point where I'd have sex and it got to the point where it was painful later. But in my case, what happened was because I was like, um, I, well, how can I say it? Because I was in pain, like you said, and when my husband was penetrating, he would make tiny, like we're talking tiny little slits on my vagina and what was happening is the next time it'll get painful because it's like an open wound Mm -hmm. it's like a cut um so when I went to the doctor I was like oh you know this is really painful I can't have sex because it's really painful like it was getting to the point where I was pushing as much as I wanted my husband I was pushing him because it was painful um and then in my case I had to get a cream uh but Again, you know, the thing is that cream was estrogen based and mm-hmm. I had to make sure with my surgeon that having this cream was okay because I didn't want to fix one problem but create another problem. So this is why I wanted to express that because a lot of women I, I heard also, and, and the reason I had like a head, this little slits is because I was not forcing him, but I was like, I don't want him to miss out. But, you know, after sex, it was like, Jesus, I feel like I've just been ripped open. Right. Um, but, you know, the thing is, it gets to that point where it's, it's. I believe that, like you're saying, you know, if you want to have it, it's got to be done in a way that you're both enjoying it. Because if one party enjoys it, but the other one is scared. And I was like that too. I was actually pulling back every time my husband would want to, you know, have sexual intercourse, be intimate. I'd be pulling back as well because I'm like, oh no, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Um, and things like that. But I, I also heard that a lot of people, a lot of women also, you know, they they experience that after, you know, their chemo, their radiation, things. They don't want the husband to miss out, you know, and things like that. So this is where I would ask now, you know, someone who's feeling like, you know, because for a woman, I mean, I, I know you just said you divorced three, three years ago, but for a woman not being able to satisfy her partner, it's not that you don't want to, it's because it's painful. So what, yeah. So this is where I I would ask now. So with yourself, how did you come across this app and how is this app different say than like you said, another dating app, you know, what is, what is something that's there that people can already see in advance that it's not like, Oh, by the way, this is what I've got. And they go, Oh, I had no idea or, you know what I mean? Because it's, it's, it is a personal subject. Mm -hmm. Um, you want to be sharing that with every guy you meet, I guess. But so how does your app work? So, uh, I'm trying to carefully market it to 
to reach the individuals that do have sexual limitations. And But there's people also that don't have sexual limitations that I found that are on the app that they just are tired of going to like these traditional dating apps that they're hookup sites. So I want to make it clear to everybody when they're, when they're, when they're, when I do like post on uh, social media, just so someone knows, you know, okay, this is more for like somebody that has ED or, or vaginismus or painful intercourse. And, and uh, I would, I would imagine most people that, that don't have sexual limitations that do want sex, that they would not use the app because it, it's like in the intro screens, it'll say like what the app is about. And uh, so, and, and again, there's people that are on there that, they're actually my friends that I'm like, well, I didn't know you had sexual dysfunction. Like, well, I don't, I'm just tired of, of dating people. And all they want is, is to have sex. I'd rather have an emotional connection. If I can't, have, if I don't have sex with them, I don't care. I'd rather have that emotional connection. Mm-hmm. So it seems like a variety of people are, are signing up uh, for the app, but it's, I would never, in my, in my opinion, I would never use a traditional app. And it kind of proved my, I proved myself why I created this app because I would start talking to individuals, guys that I would meet at a bar or whatever it was, wherever I was at. And, and they would ask me for my number and I would say, well, let me talk to you about a dating app that I'm creating. And let me talk you to, you know, this is, I have a story about why, you know, why I'm not really dating anybody right now. I have, I have a broken vagina and they're like, what? Mm-hmm. Then I'll start telling them about it, about my issue and my app. And they're like, you know, the, the very insensitive comments that I received makes me realize I, I need to do this app because th- the comments I received, like, for example, uh, the first comments I received were, well, you have the perfect reason why a guy would not want to be with you because you can't have sex. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's not good. Like imagine a girl or, or a guy, anybody that would go on a date and then hear that, you know? So then I thought, okay, that's not, that's not a really nice answer. So then I got another one was, uh, well, you have other holes. And uh, that was really classy. I heard that several times from men. And, wow. uh, you know, what about anal? I'm like, well, why do I even have to talk to you about that? No, I don't want to do anal. I mean, I have pain all my life. And now I'm going to try to see if I have pain in that in that hole, if you want to say it, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and there was a few guys that said that. Like, well, if you could do anal, who cares? You know, I'm like, well, wow. you know, what? I don't, I don't want to be with a guy like that. So, mm. Um, and I thought like, what if there's a, a guy or a girl that go on a date and then three dates in that other person is like with the limitations has to say, Hey, by the way, I have, I can't have intercourse or I have this issue, um, with like, this sexual dysfunction or limitation. And then that person's just like, Oh, great. You know, I don't want to be with you or who knows what they would say, or I mean, they would say you have other holes and, and it's just, mm-hmm. and they might be devastated and, and just never go out on a date again you know, or never want to meet anybody new because of remembering what they said, but I'm strong enough. I can handle it. I'm like, that's why I, I, I tell people right away uh, of my issue. And my, you know, my girlfriends are like, why do you tell the guys right away? Why don't you wait? Why don't you wait to get to know them? Make sure, you know, maybe they'll, they'll, you know, they won't care about your issue. And I'm like, why am I going to get emotionally attached with them? And then, then to have to tell them. And then the guy's going to be like, well, no, I need sex. And then I'm going to get dumped and you know, that's, I don't want to, I didn't want to go through that. So that's why I tell everybody right away. And I feel like with this app and twine, it's kind of the same thing. If you sign up for this app, it takes away the sexual limitation or sexual expectations out of dating. So if they do sign up for it, they know that intercourse may not be a possibility. And if that's not okay with them, then they shouldn't, shouldn't go on the app. Mm -hmm. 
Because the thing is, too, you got to, you know, um, which just, you know, that's horrible for people to assume that, you know, other sexual positions is going to, you know, or we got other holes, which not not everyone, like you said, not everyone loves anal. Not everyone does, you know, uh, you know, uh, how do you say it? They, um, oh, what's the word I'm trying to look for? But, you know, they do other things, oral. That's what I'm trying to say. Not everyone's into that, you know. So it's finding ways of connecting with your partner, like you said, without having that fear of rejection mm -hmm. because, you know, it, it is, you know, uh, uh, the thing is it's it wouldn't be nice, you know. Um, I don't think it will be nice if, God forbid, I had to have a double mastectomy and um, my husband says, well, I can't have sex with you because, you know, you don't have your original breast or anything mm -hmm. you know it can be degrading for a woman because it's not that you you didn't ask for this you didn't right. sign up for this mm -hmm. uh so you're trying to come through be intimate because connection with another human being is what we all need but it's how you go about it and I guess you know in in the way you described it having people who are very I believe they're very narrow-minded those people obviously um because like you said they, there's the guys that say those things but you know I'm sure that you've come across guys that says oh I get where she's coming from because you know I have this and and for a guy, you know, not being able to be there for their partner is see girls are when we say girls are different, women are different than men. We're 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 different because men um have the old brain to co-produce, and that is why men want to have sex, mm -hmm. you know, and women don't find that co-producing so much because what they're doing is a woman thinks of childbirth or bearing a child. So that's why a woman finds one partner and for them it's like, okay, I have sex to have a child, so to speak. So that's where our brains are different. So men want sex more than women, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at the same time, you know, um, having that sort of moment where you say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to have a partner, but, hey, you know, and – yeah, you know, this could happen anytime with anyone, I guess, what I'm trying to say is. So, you know, what what is have you come across someone who has that you have spoken to about, you know, your broken vagina, let's call it that. Um, and they were like, Oh, yeah, cool. Like I moved on from there. I haven't come across anybody yet. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But what's the general reaction? Do you get the same reaction over again? Like is it the same? You know, because for me, the way I look at it, and honestly, the way I look at it, I feel like I feel like asking my husband, you know, like, hey, what not anything, but why what is what is a man thinking? You know, why would a man if I, you know, that question, you know, I've got a broken vagina. I, I'm, I would love to ask my husband, you know, that question, well, if I was like that, what would you think? You know, why would you think it's no good? You know, does that make sense? And find out what their needs are and why they don't think that you can still fulfill their needs in other ways. Does that make sense? Because men who say, well, you've got other holes are only thinking, they're just thinking of themselves. Right. Whereas if my husband or any other man would say, 
Well, that's okay because I'm sure that we can find other ways to get intimate. That's a proper response. You'd think that you would receive. But I think when someone's in a, in a marriage or a relationship already and then they suddenly have a form of sexual dysfunction, I think that's where they should work together and be like, well, hey, you know, I, I love you for you, not for, you know, having sex or intercourse. And and they work it out. They do other forms of intimacy. And there's there's outer course. There's, you know, other other different even holding hands and kissing and cuddling mm, okay. and uh and i feel like when you meet somebody new they they're not going to think that they're not going to think of those other forms of intimacy because maybe they're not emotionally attached to you yet so it's i don't know if I'm, I'm sure there's guys out there i mean i didn't meet one guy that said like oh i don't care about that you know i don't i don't care about that i'll give you a call and then he never did you know so it means is that mm. why i don't know maybe he just didn't want to hurt me but i was like you know, just be honest. Everybody be honest. And, and I do hear guys are like, why, you know, to be honest, I, I can't, I can't ever be with you because you can't have mm -hmm. sex. It's really important for me. But like, I don't know. I think more women are a little more sensitive, I think, to it. Um, but then again, my, my girlfriends, they would go on traditional dating apps and they, they were just surprised of how many guys that they would date that like the second date in, they're like, well, I know I have this, I have diabetes and I have ED or I have prostate cancer or I have um, a heart condition where I can't take uh, Viagra or whatever the word is, whatever medication. Mm -hmm. And uh, and there's a lot of them out there. So it's like, imagine how intimidating that is for them to use traditional dating apps because these women are like, forget that I need sex. You know, so there's, yeah. it's, it goes both ways. And, and I feel like, if I didn't have an app like the one I created, I'm not on it right now, but I'm I'm, I'm focusing on growing it and helping others first. But um, if there wasn't a dating app like my like Entwine, I probably would not have dated because it's like, what are the odds of me meeting somebody that's going to be like, I don't care that you can't have intercourse. I like you just mm. the way you are, you know. And uh, yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, I want to take the guessing game out of, out of the picture for all these individuals and cars are on the table right away. You use this app. You don't even have to explain what your limitation is until you meet the person. You don't have to put in your description about me section. You don't have to say why, you know, why you're using the app. That's up to them. If they want to disclose that it could be from sexual trauma, it could be from somebody that's like antidepressants. There's just like a variety of reasons, not even cancer related. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the thing is, like you said, it, for a man, you know, because that could be, you know, it's it, it's hard for a man to say, like, oh, by the way, I can't perform. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, yes, women are more sensitive to that because if a woman generally likes a man and, you know, really gets connected with that guy and he says, look, I really can't perform like that, there are some women that go, hey, I don't really care. I'm sure we can figure out something. But it is different for a man. That's what I mean. It's like, oh, hang on a minute. What do you mean? I you know, um, but that's why I find it so, you know, I, I, and like you said this, so going back to, cause you, you said how many men there were who had, you know, like some, some sort of, you know, issues having sex, but do you know how many women are having these issues? Like what you got diagnosed with, are there many or is it a minority? I honestly didn't, I couldn't find exact statistics about it because I think a lot of them are struggling with some sort of sexual limitation or dysfunction they just don't go to the doctor or like myself yeah. i didn't know until it got to the point where it was like severe vaginismus but um i probably had it before but i just or they went to the doctor they got blown off you know they, mm. oh, yeah, have a glass of wine so i think that the statistics out there are not very accurate for 
for women because they're just not reporting it. And it seems like there's, I don't think doctors even have the answers. It's like, if you go there and you say, I don't have my libido it's not good. Oh, sorry. There's nothing we can do. It's like, guys, you know, yeah. take a pill, take this, take that. And for women, it's like, you know, really, we don't have any, any answers, mm. which shouldn't be right. But so the statistics are not, not out there that I could find. Um, even for, uh, I'm kind of bouncing all over the place, but for, uh, for veterans, for example, mm -hmm. I, I was on a, mm -hmm. I'm on a erectile dysfunction support group. And I follow what these guys are putting on their, on the, on the forum. They're like, well, um, I give up. I'm not, I don't want to date anymore. Uh, I'm just, you know, I don't know why I'm living anymore. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, this guy's suicidal mm -hmm. because he has he ED and he's, he's, he's lonely, you know? And, and then I would have, I would see another post like that. I have ED and you know, why am I living? Um, I'm tired of this. And, and, uh, and they're young, they're in their thirties or early twenties. And, and, uh, it's, it's not right. Cause I want to just like jump on there and just be like, no, there's a dating app for people like us, you know, and, but I don't, but, um, so then I started thinking, I started doing some more research and I realized that there's veterans out there that, that they have PTSD and they're on antidepressants and a lot of them are suicidal. And there was, there's, there wasn't the exact gun. There's not exact statistics, but they were saying like a, a lot of the people that were committing suicide, men and women um, that were veterans, that they were in the office for therapy earlier saying that they had sexual dysfunction and they were, and they think that's one of the reasons why the person committed suicide. And that's horrible. Wow. You know, it's like, mm. there's, there's an answer for that. There's, you know, there is someone that's going to accept you for you. And, and they don't think that because they probably had five, four, you know, five, six people reject them already and that's and they're tired of it and and they're lonely and they're just they feel like there's no hope and i'm hoping entwine can provide that hope for them that they've been waiting for and yeah same here i hope so too because like you said you know everyone needs that human connection and when i talk about it, it doesn't necessarily have to be like physically like sex but you know you do need to have that and 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 it's a shame that a lot of people are going through that um, where they feel like they're not loved unless they perform, um, you know, and, and yeah, and like you said, you know, a lot of medications also stop a lot of women, you know, from wanting to have sex as well because they get dry, they, you know, they just don't feel up to it, things like that, you mm -hmm. know, and I, and I see that a lot too, you know, there's a lot of women that go, look, oh, you know, if I, you know, and I get it. It is different when you have a partner than as opposed to trying to date for the first time um, or go back into the dating game because it's not like it used to be, but, you know, it's a lot different. So, And the thing is, too, as we get older, we all have some sort of baggage that comes with us in our next relationship or, you know, as you get older, you know, we, we sort of always ask that question, you know, mm, unless you've been in prison 20 years, What's your story, you know? Um, so, but that's the thing too. I think I think the more that you educate people and make them better understand that, you know, uh, this is this is normal, guys. It's okay. Mm -hmm. I think that would be really really profound going forward because that's where people can, like you said, and I and I'm and I'm so I'm you know I'm I'm really you know glad that you you done this app because you need people to be able to express how they feel in a way where they're not being judged it's and like you said it's like okay if you want to where there's a 
billion apps out there. No one tells you you must be on this app. So if you're on the app, it's obviously because you believe that it's going to benefit you. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you don't have that other part. You know, like you said, these dating apps, you know, swipe to the left, swipe to the right, whatever that one is, uh, Tinder or something. I don't even know. See? So, and then, and what's the first thing that people expect? Uh, sex. Yep. You know, it's like, oh, okay. So what, are, you know, it's basically, it's just, it's just another way of going to a prostitute without paying, I guess. You know what I mean? That's to me <laughs> what Tinder yeah. is. You know what I mean? Both goes both ways though, for male or female. But um, and like you said, I think this app is really, really important because there are people that are struggling out there. All they want is to find a partner to do things with, to spend times with, and not let this part of the relationship get in the way. Right. You know? Um, I think that's really, really important. Um, uh, having said that, like, have you um, I'm not sure if you've actually spoken or had the the view of a uh, sex therapist, you know, like, uh, you know, what they would say, have you, if, if you've ever, have actually ever asked one or, you know, because like we're saying, the thing is with intimacy, it's not just about, you know, penetrating intercourse. There's so much ways of being intimate with another person um and I just wondered if you had come across someone like that and if they suggested something or I, anything like that I did talk to a, a male uh he, he dealt with uh he's a sex therapist for men with uh erectile dysfunction mm -hmm. and I talked to him about my app and I said you know do you think this is something where you I think he had a podcast as well like can we can we talk about this on your podcast or, or whatever or can you share it with your pa patients that that do have ED uh, that they have this app to to find companionship if they need it and um and he said your app is a dead end app and my patients want a solution ninety nine percent of them want a solution and uh, they have options like penile implants or injections or pills that um, they can do that. And they're not going to want to just your your app's just saying that they gave up, and I was like, I don't I don't agree with that because I have a solution for my for my vaginismus, but I don't want to do it because it's too painful. And who would want who wants to get surgery? I mean, not everybody wants to do surgery, put penile implant or injections in their penis. And I heard that like that causes uh severe headaches and and uh and burning. And so I didn't really. I mean, I, I don't, I don't let that bring me down. I, I mean, I kind of like question, like, wait, that mm. doesn't sound right. You know, cause, cause there are, there was another therapist I talked to and like, well, that's not true because there's patients that don't want to do surgery. I'm like, exactly. So it's just a matter of reaching the right, the right people to, uh, mm. that want to talk about the app because, you know, if they're, if they're trying to promote a Viagra or whatever it is, they're probably not going to want to talk about my app because, you know, my app's a dead end apparently, but so a lot of them are on my side, like pelvic pelvic floor therapists. They seem to be really excited about my app too. I mean, yeah, their their job is to cure the people. Um, mm. so pelvic floor specialist. Um, back in the day when I had my initially was diagnosed with vaginismus and and uh, but yeah, of course their goal is to cure you, but you should have the option of whether or not you want to use those dilators. I might try the dilators again after cancer. And it felt like I got raped. It was like, it felt like mm. my were getting ripped out. It was after too. Like during, I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And I wasn't doing it for myself because I never enjoyed intercourse. So I was 
doing it because I needed to get have a pap smear for one because you know that's, mm -hmm. that's another reason why mm -hmm. I, I needed to somehow um, use the dilators that I had but it's just I I think I found a lot of women in the vaginismus support groups they would say the same thing where um, they're tired of using dilators because it, it's a long process I and mean, I could briefly go over it with you if you wanted me to but mm -hmm. yes uh, please do so yeah so uh so they have when, when I went to my pelvic floor doctor or therapist, she said, okay, you have these dilators and there's, there's five sizes. The first size is the size of a pinky. And it's like, they describe it as like a plastic dildo with like a handle. So, um, so the first one's the size of a pinky. And then what you're supposed to do is you're, you're supposed to insert it and let, leave it in there for about 10 minutes. And you're supposed to lay down, hold it in. Cause if you, if you don't hold it in, it kind of pushes it out. Your muscles are like naturally just like spasming and pushing mm -hmm. the um, dilator out. And once you're able to uh, insert it and leave it in there without any pain, then you can graduate to the second size. And then it's just a little bit, the circumference is a little bit uh, bigger. And then you just graduate, keep going up until you don't have any pain to the whatever size dilator you want. I mean, one of them, the fifth size was like, I call it Godzilla size. It was like <laughs> size of zucchini or something. I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh. I mean, it was like, it was scary. I'm like, put that, I'm going to put that in the drawer and hold that forever. Cause I would, that would scare me if I saw that in front of me. So, um, so, wow. so and I would made it to like size three dilator and I was like, okay, it doesn't hurt. I'm like, okay, I'm okay. But then, um, and if you don't do it every day, if you don't use it 10 minutes a day, every day, then you can kind of go back to, you know, take a step back. But, but I got to the point where I would got cut to size three, but then it was like, it felt like it was just no matter what size I used, it was just like so much pain. I'm like, no, forget it. I don't want to do this anymore. So these women are saying that they, they were using these dilators for their husband or for their boyfriend. And, and the amount of the, the women who are saying like their, my husband got tired of it. He was forceful. He wasn't patient with me anymore. So now I'm back to stage one, you know, you know, dilator one and uh boyfriends that did the same thing or leave them and say like, you know, I have, I need to have sex and you're taking too long and you're too, you know, too fragile, blah, blah, blah. So, and there's like, I think there was like 17,000 people, women in that vaginismus group. So there's, mm, wow. there's, there's a lot of, it, there's a lot of people struggling with sexual limitations. And so, so the dilators were, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's effective. It works for people. But like I said, I, I just chose not to do it anymore because first of all, I'm single, but even mm. if I met a guy and, and he knew that I had, I was with the guy actually, I told him that my my issue is uh fixable and they're like oh it is oh okay when are you gonna start using those dilators and i'm like oh god you know what no i don't mm. i don't want to do it for someone else I'm gonna, i've already felt that that pressure and that that uh anxiety of mm. knowing oh no i'm gonna have pain again or no it's just yeah so it's not a dead yeah. No, but I, that's the thing too because like I, I was saying before, you know, you've got women who, you know, they've. I, I mean, I go back to the people that have gone through chemo and all that uh, and a lot of women that I speak to, they don't want to have sex and and there are unfortunately a lot of women who go through their, their journeys and their husbands leave them. Mm -hmm. So these are women who are already going through their own journey and then they get to the point where it's like, well, I don't have a partner. And you know what? I don't have the drive like I used to. 
And like you said, then all of a sudden they're expected to have this drive and they're like, I don't want it. I don't feel, I don't, you know, because it doesn't necessarily mean it's just painful. Some women don't feel the urge to have, you know, intercourse. And, you know, you just go like, I'm okay with not having it. It's going to be okay. Uh, and it's it's a matter of finding a partner like you're, we're, we're talking about that says, hey, and that's okay. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of women, you know, I spoke to one woman who was, uh, she, her husband was having an affair while she was going through cancer. So, you know, this is the thing. It's, it just gets to the point for a woman that she says, okay, you know, I don't, I don't, like you're saying, I don't want to go through operations. If I had that issue, I wouldn't go through operations because I always say don't don't touch something that's not broken in that sense. Don't keep touching it. Just mm-hmm. let it be. Just let it be. Let it be. Um, and the thing is too, you, you know, I, I know that you're saying about all of these things that you could do, but in the long run, you don't know the side effects. It could cause other issues, you know, in the vaginal wall. It could cause a lot of great issues that you don't want to have. So why force yourself to have the physical? Just get to the other parts that are beautiful, you know what I mean, without, you know, feeling that pain and like I said there's a lot of women that I speak to who are back in the dating game they've you know whether whether their husbands left them because they had cancer or whether cancer made them wake up and realize you know what this is done Mm -hmm. and they're in the dating game again so they're they're women our age you know that are dating again and like you said and there's a lot that I spoke to were like oh you know what I just cannot be bothered with sex I can't, I don't want it. I don't want it, you know, and that's what I mean. It's very different for a woman um, than a man. It is very different. And it's because, you know, of our thousand year old brain, how it works. It's normal. Um, but yes, it's hard for a man to understand that because they're like, no, that's, that's part of a relationship. That's really, really, really important. And it's like, well, and, and like you'll say that there's men in the same, it's quite interesting because there's men in the same boat as women yet, you know, I, and as I said, I hope this app goes viral because it's needed because men are suffering just as much as women mm-hmm. trying to connect with another human being, um, you know, and, and having painful instruments that's not fun to get operated what for what for you like I'm saying you don't know the consequences you get operated it could cause even more problems you're not guaranteed it's true you know and then what and then what you know what I mean and then and like you said you use these instruments to help you first and if you get the pressure from the other person you're going to think why am I doing this and why am I hurting myself just to please? So a sexual intercourse is supposed to be two parties having sex to orgasm at the same time or both have this beautiful pleasure. That's what it's about. Not, oh, okay, I need to do this to give you pleasure, but I'm giving myself pain. It's not, you know, it's something that you don't enjoy, you know. So, um, so yeah, so, Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really, really, really important that, you know, it, it as I said, it's it, and like you said, it doesn't necessarily mean it's an it's an app like you described where it's dating without, you know, okay, like a Tinder, you know, this is what's expected 
on day one. Um, and like you're saying that, you know, you're very open and, and verbal about your the way you speak and you say to men, you know, that, but and the way they react is very already different. So I think this app will probably help a lot more. Have you got any successful stories? Have you heard of anyone hooking up from the app and possibly living happily ever after? Not yet. I, I can't wait for that to happen, though. I did receive some emails from uh, a couple of people. Uh, one of them was a woman that said that she has been single for 15 years and wow. she was too afraid to date because she just has, you know, painful intercourse all her life also. And, and she just doesn't want to be with anybody because she didn't want that pressure. And she said now that, you know, Entwine is like, she just was like the answer she's been waiting for. So that was really great to hear. So I told her, I'm like, please give me, give me updates if you have any success stories. And um, same with a, a gentleman that reached out to me. He said the same thing. He's like, he has something called Peyronie's, P-E-Y-R-O-I-N-E-S. It's a curvature of the penis where they're okay. not able to have intercourse or it's too painful to have erections. Mm. And and I, and I he said that he had that and he or he has that. And he when he would go on dates, um, he's like, he, he said, I'm a fraud. I feel like a fraud. I just, I tell these women, you know, I don't tell them anything until like, you know, three or four dates in. And then it's just like, I've been lying to them. He's like, you know, this mm. is an app that where I can, I don't have to lie anymore. I could just do it myself. I can go on this app and I don't have to explain what my condition is because they're, I know that they'll accept me the way I am because they know already that like, you know, I might have some kind of sexual limitation. So, so I haven't received any successful matches, but I'm, I'm hoping that happens soon. And, and uh, right now it's only available in the U S Mm -hmm. So I don't have too many users yet, but I mean, I have about 80. I mean, it's not mm -hmm. a lot. So it, I also don't want people to sign up for it and then just be like, oh, there's only four people in the area. I'm like, I don't want them to give up. I want them. That's why I'm trying my best working as much as I can to, to get users so that they have the best experience. And mm -hmm. once I get a good, uh, that it's successful and it's, it's, uh, it starts growing more. Then I'm going to definitely reach out to other countries that I've already had, uh, uh, Someone from UK and Canada, Pakistan, India, Australia, mm -hmm. just like all these people are, are saying, like, when are you going to put this app, app available in our country? We need this in our in our country. And and they're like people that are in their 20s. It's it's, it's just it's all these variety of range of ages. And and I know this is needed worldwide. And that's my ultimate goal is to have this available worldwide because I don't want to tell people, oh, sorry, it's not available in your country yet because I know mm -hmm. they need it. And mm -hmm. and I feel like this is going to save a lot of people's lives literally because there's a, a lot of people that are lonely out there and depressed and I'm hoping this this app will give them the confidence that they need to uh to enter that dating world again yeah and and I I hope so too because you're so right like I always say you know people need human connection they need to be you know especially in times where we have been through the last two years um, you know, where most of us, if some of us are isolated and things like that, um, it has gotten a lot of people more depressed um, in, a, in a mental state and things like that. And, um, you know, just to, like, like you're saying, it's just to share your life with someone without this, you know, this label whatever you want to call it hanging over your head because I guess you know it's it there are people that understand there are people that 
in the world. I am 100% sure that your app will attract the right people because there are people out there that understand, you know, they'll be like, sure, I get it. It's all good, you know. Um, and that's all we got to do is we're going to just attract the right people uh, and not the narrow-minded, you know, people out there because, it's really needed. Like you said, it saves lives because especially for a male where he thinks that he's not good enough, um, it puts a lot of pressure on a man that they feel like, oh, okay, I'm I'm never going to be good enough for this woman, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thing is you can provide to a woman as much as a woman can provide to a man so much in life that this doesn't have to be an issue, really doesn't. So I wanted to ask you, is there anything else? Because I, I mean, I'll definitely, you in your, you want to, you know, you've got some giveaways to help. Um, so I wanted to touch on that. So I, I'm going to obviously put in all your sites, you know, you're on social media, which is awesome. So you're on Instagram, entwine underscore dating. You're on Facebook, entwine dating, Twitter, entwine dating. And of course, your website, www.entwinedating.com. So where, you know, what, what is available for our, our listeners and our viewers out there? But right now the uh, entwine is free. So you have really nothing to lose. Just sign up for entwine and there could be somebody there uh that's waiting for you and they could be mm. all your life and and it is it is a free app like i said and and um it has premium features available uh right now they're they're completely free to the to the early users so it's uh i'm really excited for for people to to check it out and and hopefully start going on some dates so i can hear some success stories yeah, but and also I guess if you know for my listeners from around the world, like Anna explained, you know she, she is going to get it out there to you guys one day. Uh, but in the meantime, I guess you know if you if you look up her, you know her website, I'm sure there's a way that they could stay connected. In the meantime, um, maybe they can sort of you know get a little bit more information of exactly what this app provides. So then it just gives them that that sense of reassurance that once it's available, hey, this this will be good for me. And not only that, I think the most important, the most important thing is you're not alone. We all think we're the only person in the world with this problem. Mm-hmm. And well, like I always say, we're not that special because um, we've all got these problems. You know what I mean? Like I always say that to people, you know, I, I ain't that special, um, you know. Uh, so and I think that's really important because people can feel like, you know, for the women and 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 for the men who are listening to our podcast and, and watching, you know, it's, it is important to reach out to understand there are people out there who are going through, you know, what you're going through physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, and it's okay. Um, There are ways to help people. There are ways to grow. There are ways to feel fulfilled uh, without being, you know, judged and, and criticized and put down. So was there anything else you wanted to share with us at all, Lena? I don't think so. Just just take that leap and sign up for Entwine. You deserve to be yeah, loved. Absolutely. Share the love. That's Share right. the love out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think it's really, like I said, I, I, I wish you all the best with this app. You know, I'm, I'm sure we'll connect in the future and I, uh, you know, it, 
it, when I say I wanted to join the app, I don't want to join the app because I need to, but it was just more like, you know, I might even, you know, if you've got like a, a, a subscribe for a newsletter or whatever it is, a blog, um, just to see where your journey's leading because I want to be able to support you any way I can. And definitely if I know someone who's going through this, um, I will be definitely, you know, handing over your information and saying, hey, check this out. Thank you. So was there anything else you wanted to say just before we wrap up? I don't think so. I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, great. But I appreciate having you on. I really do. Like I said, you know, please follow Anna. Um, she's on www.entwinedating.com or her Twitter, Entwine Dating, Instagram, Entwine underscore dating and Facebook, Entwine Dating. Just before we go, why did you choose the name Entwined? Well, we were going to call it, uh, I was going to call it Comfortable Companions, but uh, I was told it sounds like diapers. So I uh, <laughs> tried to shorten it. But I don't have a very exciting story about it, but uh, but I thought entwine, like entwining people's together and causing a connection. Yeah, I think so. Because I just see that whole entwine coming together. Tying. Coming as one. Yeah. Thank you again so much. And thanks everyone for listening in. I hope you guys appreciated today's episode. And like always, I wish you so much love and light. Thank you so much for joining me. I know you could have chosen any other show to spend your time with today. And I'm really grateful and humble that you've chosen me instead. And I hope I've been able to serve you in any way. You know, I hope this will become your go-to place to help you heal, feel supported and discover yourself along your hero's journey. And if this episode helped you today, please subscribe and share it with someone you know that would benefit from this. As I've learned about my hero's journey through breast cancer, nothing we receive is for us to keep but to be shared. And I hope I can serve you further by sharing some of the tools I've learned along the way. And it's hard for me to share it all in one simple episode. So if you go to www.theangelsofgrace.me forward slash resources right now, you can find a collection of tools that might be exactly what you need to take you on your hero's journey. And given that I don't know if you're listening to this podcast at the start, the middle or the end of the day, I want to wish you an amazing morning, an amazing afternoon or an amazing evening. I am Grace DeAngeli and you listen to the Breast Cancer Hero's Journey podcast. Thanks again for being here. Much love and light.